Varus is able to use these two souls, meld them together. Like, if there's any Full Metal Alchemist fans out there, yeah. you already know the joke I'm going to make here. Edward. Uh, and that's it. All right. We won't go deeper. It's, <laughs> oh, no. it's still too soon. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 114. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hatch. Yes, and we have some spicy content coming up today. Going down the rabbit hole of the Darkin, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we started, we opened the gates, and it peered back, and now we're in the <laughs> darkness. Um, so we're still dealing with Shurima stuff, or Shurima adjacent, uh, yes. because of the origin of Darkens. At this point, you should be at an intermediate level of Darken yeah. slash Shuriman history knowledge with all the shit we've done. And of course, like at this point, you should also be the same as us. We're only able to give you this content because we are smart enough to not touch the living weapon. Yeah, do not um, touch the living weapon. <laughs> do not touch the living weapon. Uh, but of course, you know, if uh, you haven't got caught up, well, the best way to get caught up is to check out our housekeeping. Yeah. And to, because with that, like if you want, if you like this, you can fo- listen to us everywhere. You can find us pretty much everywhere. And you can email us at podcast at or podcastcore at gmail.com and you can find the other places that we stream at podcastcore at g or podcastcore.com and the we would love for it if you follow us at all the platforms it really helps us out helps us with visibility especially if you leave a like and comment but of course the easiest way is to tell a friend and what should they tell their friends ryan tell a friend to find the power inside you by listening to the casuals of runeterra podcast you know what? I'm kind of happy. This time it wasn't nearly as cringy as well as, as sometimes you assault me. Yeah, context <laughs> matters, so we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about this episode, guys? We're talking about Varys, and this episode is titled Three Soul Monty. Um, if you don't Hell know yeah. what three card Monty is, too bad. <laughs> we're moving on. That's right. That's it. That's the last time you'll hear it, too. <laughs> it, just, it works so well because we're talking about the cards, which we start with this spell. And the spell is the Sudden Surge. So the Sudden Surge is the source of our uh, cheese line this week. And what it does is a four-cost burst spell that says once you have equipped, we've told you about equipment before in previous episodes, and ally this game, I cost two less. Grow an ally to four for this round. So if you've played with Lulu, you know how grow works. Um, and then also, you know what equipment does. And this is a burst speed spell. You got all this information. What we care about is the quote. And this one's simple, which is, there is so much power in us. And that sounds motivational until you understand who Varys is. <laughs> yeah. It really does sound motivational. And then the deeper that we're going to get into this, you're going to find out that it's a, it's motivational if you have split personalities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you have BPD, uh, this is the episode for you. Yeah. Um, but I mean, otherwise, like, uh, other than the flavor text, like, this is a, it's an interesting card. I... And I do like the whole, like, Lulu gameplay stuff, uh, but there just isn't an equipment-style deck that really matches that yet. So maybe one day this will find a home. Maybe not. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, and this takes us to another misdirection card, which is Blooming Cultist. So 
the cultist type cards we've mentioned in the past um, with other Darkens, and this applies to the mechanics of Varus as well. So these cards will be used, and we'll talk more about that when we get to his section. Uh, but for Blooming Cultist, you look at it, you're like, what the hell? This isn't a thing. Uh, but it's a flower that's being corrupted, and it's a three cost, three two, with the text, once you've equipped an ally this game, grant me elusive. So this is a pretty solid card because elusive is great when you can put stuff on your creatures, and then it grants it for the duration of the game if it happens at all. So if you're playing an equipment deck, you're going to have this ability. Yeah, and of course, like having the ability to be evasive with equipment is pretty strong like because uh, elusive decks already just kind of want to have the ability to end a game relatively quick so if you can have an equipped creature getting through the radar like that's good like th that speeds up your win con and that's really what you need because if the game stretches out too long you're probably dead exactly um, but but oh, why, why are we talking about the card well the quote on this one is what's giving us the scope of the impact of Darkens, which you probably understand by this point, but it says, quote, person, plant, animal, the Darken corruptive influence spares no one and nothing. And the reason I bring this up is because even in the stories, and you'll hear it as we talk about Varys, um, even the Vestaya are affected by what's going on with the Darken, right? So it's not even just one realm that's being affected by their existence. It's far-reaching, which makes sense because the reason they exist is the void, right? So yes. that's just something to keep in mind, even though this card is a hilarious that they made this occultist card. that like, <laughs> hey, look at this flower. Don't fuck with it because it's been corrupted, <laughs> it's, right? It, it really is such a clowny idea. But the, like the idea as far as like corruption really affecting all of life in Runeterra is something that we've talked about, even if you go uh, further back than when we started doing our dive into the Darken. Like if we go to our episodes where we, co where we cover the story of the, the, the first bow and the kunai, um, where... Yep. Uh, you know, spoilers, if you haven't listened to that episode, which if you haven't, go listen to it. Like, that, that was a fun story for us mm -hmm. to cover. But we got to see in Ionia that with all of the death and despair, uh, thanks to the Noxian invasion mm -hmm. and the turmoil within the Kinku Order, that, like, the nature around them was twisting and basically coming to life and being murderous. Uh, so the Darken aren't any different than that. Like, they uh, they corrupt everything. Uh, it's and it's not good like if nature is getting twisted it's not you know like we, we laugh at the card because it is kind of goofy if you just take it at surface value but yeah. since we know the stories we know that uh no i'm not gonna fuck with that flower like 100 <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the man or men themselves Ooh, that's right all right so we're diving into varus i've been super excited to talk about varus because this is like one of one of my favorite characters to play like in league of legends um so it he has a really cool story really cool character and of course we're gonna go back a long time ago because varus was a loyal paragon of honor and he was a defender of the temples of Sharima. And if you're kind of like, you know, recognizing this part as far as from like our Aatrox tale, where we talk about how Aatrox was, you know, loyal to Sharima and loyal to his fellow soldiers, Varus isn't too different than that. The biggest difference at this point of the story is that he was known as a skilled archer. 
The other biggest difference is he was just a man. All right. Those are the two biggest things. He but look like a man. He he look like a man. Yeah. Once again, dating ourselves. <laughs> yes. I, on the note of dating ourselves, Alex Bordenstein, I, I love you. Let me let me buy you dinner. Um <laughs> but <laughs> so so with Varus being a skilled archer, uh, he had taken a vow to be a temple guard uh, within the Shuriman Empire. We don't know what temple he guarded, and we don't know exactly where. Um, well, we kind of have an idea of where it was. It would have been on the eastern part of the empire, because the temple that he was guarding was affected during the war with the Cathia. Now, if you've listened to our Jax episode, uh, especially like the story uh, that we covered, we know that like the Acathians were able to get a win. Like they got a W before like the rebellion went into full swing. So this is likely at that point where, you know, they're right on the heels of they got their victory and now they're trying to push the Sharimans out of their lands. And this is affecting the temple that Varus is guarding. Now, the way that it affects it isn't so much that the Acathians are invading the temple, but the Acathians are invading the homeland of the people that were recruited to guard this temple. So for the vast majority of all the guardsmen, they all dip to go try to save their hometown, except for Varus. He decides to honor his vows that he has to the temple, which does work in Shereman and the, the favor of the Sharimans because that temple is attacked. And in the story, it is said that he wailed and let out his anger and anguish with every arrow that he loosed. Uh, but he is able to successfully guard the temple. And the way that, you know, the, the Sharimans are able to like take that land back is they just kind of show up. There's no one there fighting. And then the ascended walk into the temple to see Varus just meditating amongst the dead. <laughs> yeah, I like to think that the expression where, you know, he unleashes every arrow with anguish and pain is a reference to, you know, a layer down where his sanity is being, like he's essentially letting go of his sanity. While, you know, the void's running loose, he's protecting from all his enemies. He's essentially pushing himself to the brink, right, mentally and physically. And when they come and find him, I feel like him sitting there solemnly meditating is him essentially becoming an empty husk of what he was. He's given everything with every arrow because what happens next plays into that for for me mentally yes. or for our uh, metaphor wise. No, I fully agree, not just for you, because it is stated that even the ascended were taken aback when they met Varus's gaze because it was just so cold and empty. Like he he has now just devoted himself solely to eradicating the enemies that have caused him all of this pain and anguish. And luckily, because of, you know, for, I guess, luckily for Varus in this sense, like, mm -hmm. because we know at the, this point of the Shuriman Empire, it is a great honor to become an Ascended. So I guess, luckily for him, the, as the other ascended are like, dude, you're insane, but powerful. So come join us. Yeah. And I guess that's a good thing right now, but we kind of covered it in the Atrox episode. It's not going to be a good thing forever. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Varus does become one of the ascended at this point. He is still someone that fights w with his bow, but he 
kind of goes on just mad killing sprees from this point onward because he is just consumed with getting revenge against the void and against the Akathians that set the void into existence. So he, now he is just on a killing path and it's even stated in his story that he likely didn't even notice that the Sharimans ultimately won the war with Akathia. Yeah. They ultimately defended the Shariman empire and for Varus, it didn't matter. He just continued to go on killing sprees. Yeah, so up until this point, our premium nutcase, as far as the Ascendant goes, was Renekton. But Renekton doesn't exist yet. So <laughs> it turns out before there was a Jordan, there was a Magic Johnson. <laughs> and that is who Varus was. Yes. Uh, so so Magic Magic Varus is going out and killing. But now we're getting to the point where the Shari the Shariman Empire is starting to fall apart because of the ascended at this point with the constant conflicts with the void, their psyche is starting to deteriorate. We cover this in the Aatrox episode. And for Varus, this means nothing new to him. Because he's still going on killing sprays, except now he's just killing other ascended as as well as their followers. And this goes on until he uh, this is like a very interesting point to the story to me, because uh, I can't wait until we get more from this. But this goes on until he is ultimately imprisoned by a group that is led by a warrior queen. So a golden armored warrior queen of Valoran, as well as Vestian Moonstalkers and Human Mages. Um, and we haven't covered this yet as far as in the story, but as far as when we hear, as like League of Legends fans, when we hear a golden clad warrior queen, I start thinking Kale. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I we don't know that 100% for certain on the show. Uh and I can't wait until we get more information and dive into it. But this is an interesting point of the story because he, Varys is ultimately imprisoned by this warrior queen. And the reason that I am kind of hesitant to say for sure that it's Gale is because the timeline doesn't match up as yeah. well as this warrior queen decides to wield the bow that has imprisoned Varys, ultimately sacrificing herself to ensure the victory for her people. And this war, as far as like the ultimate victory, means that they stretch out from the Shuriman Empire into the First Lands. Mm -hmm. The First Lands being the land of Ionia. And it is in Ionia that she decides to have her subjects bury her alive along with the darkened weapon known as Varus. And now Varus is imprisoned forever. End of story. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no. He's imprisoned for centuries and centuries, but everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. And yeah, the and Fire it, Nation here is Noxus. And it's funny because in our previous episode, we talked about how for a darkened weapon, this is their worst nightmare, right? Is being forgotten and being buried so deep you can't be found. Um, by the natural passage passage of time. And this case is so extreme to where not only do you have a magical being who's wielding you, you also are sealed in a magical tomb under the ground of a magical land. 
that is the worst case scenario for a darkened weapon. Yeah. And and I like it, I wonder if like at this point if like Varus's psyche has deteriorated enough to where he is like worried as worried about it as Aatrox was. Because like I, I'm sure for Varus it's just like, no, kill, kill, hate, hate, murder, murder, mutilate. Uh like, <laughs> <you know. laughs> um so like I don't know, like, if he was as as concerned about it as Aatrox, because I don't know if enough of his brain was left yeah, for him great, to be that that's concerned. A, that's a great point, because that's the differentiating thing between the two, is Aatrox was very much insecure at the point where he became a darkened weapon, where... Varus is an empty shell of what he was. So it doesn't, there's nothing going on there. So he can't worry. He can't care because he has nothing left. Yeah. He, he's given it all for the sake of revenge. Yeah. Um, but the, unlike Aatrox's tale where Aatrox is getting buried by the sands of Sharima, Varus is ultimately imprisoned. Like we said, in the magical land of Ionia. And this is, uh, I, this is kind of where Ionia has an advantage while also kind of being hoisted by their own petard because yeah. they build a temple here and the temple is becomes the, the temple of palace as well as having Hail a Talos. village that is a village that is built around it. So mm -hmm. then the, there's now the lands of palace is where Varus is entombed. But the problem means that, you know, He's not forgotten. Yeah. And that would have been better for all of the lands of Runeterra if a darkened weapon was just forgotten. But instead, we have the Noxus invasion coming in. <laughs> and as we've covered in a lot of our Ionia episodes. Yeah. Like, go listen to that. For this tale, for the Village of Palace, we get... We get two uh, beast. We get two beast hunters yep. that are running from the Noxians while also trying to defend Palace, and they are by the names of Valmar and his Heartlight Kai. So Valmar and Kai are now fighting the wave after wave of Noxian soldiers at the Temple of Palace, and they are successful in defending Palace, but Kai suffers a mortal wound, yeah. and a very grief stricken Valmar decides to take Kai deeper into the temple in hopes of finding some kind of magical miracle because this is the first lands of Ionia yeah. there is a chance that you know the like the legends of what is buried in the temple have been changed and twisted by word of mouth because mm -hmm. this is hundreds upon hundreds of years later but unfortunately for Kai and Valmar, that doesn't matter. They got too close. And yeah. we, like we've discussed before, don't touch the living weapon. Just don't. <laughs> Just don't do it. Um, uh, so uh, within the temple, Varus is able to reach out from the bow to consume both Valmar and Kai. And it's unlike Aatrox, Varus is able to use these two souls meld them together like if there's any full metal alchemist fans out there yeah you already know the joke i'm gonna make here edward uh, and that's it all right we won't go deeper it's, <laughs> oh, no. it's still too soon <laughs> but that's what varus does to the <laughs> you know it's that's a great example and it is like full metal meets um diablo i mean it's very timely diablo 4 just recently came out um, which dates the episode, but the reason I bring that up is because 
it's not only unique in how other darkened weapons exist and are made, but because Varus is one of the more unique, um, crazed, you know, sociopathic versions of the darkened weapon. Or most sociopaths. Let me let me yeah. let me uh, qualify no, that. No, uh, yeah, most. Yeah, most. for him to end up in a situation where it's not him versus uh, uh, the consciousness of one person, it's him with two other souls creating a body, and then essentially it like growing out of this amalgamation into a whole new form, which three people are sharing, um, and that's a very interesting take on this. Yes. And that's why I say it kind of feels like something you would see in Diablo as well yeah like it, it does definitely give like that that kind of vibe to it and it's definitely more in depth than atrox um well specifically atrox because atrox just you know absolutely annihilates whoever he mm -hmm. takes over and his problem is that no one can no one can survive it yeah. so he just goes from one host or one host to, to the next yeah. uh kane's a bit kane, more reserved but he's yeah still kane kane is like you know he kane is a hundred percent down to just go to war with Ro with a what is Roshak? Um, and so he's like, yeah, I got this. Yeah. And so they're just like duking it out a hundred percent. And now Varus instead has got like two. Oh, Roust, other Roust, Roust, yeah, Roust. Thank you. Um, so like, so Kane's duking it out with Roust. Pretty even fight, surprisingly. Yeah. And but for Varus, Varus is like immediately taking control. And then now just is like in kind of like Moon Knight position where yeah. every now and Actually, then yeah. his form, his form kind of goes in flux yeah. and someone else is taking the wheel. And that's perfect. Um, yes. Yeah. So it, it, we get like a lot of different scenarios with within the darkened stories here. But as far as for the tale of Varus, it kind of like tapers off here mm -hmm. because now Varus is has a working body even though that body is constantly in flux and he's not always in control of it now that he has a body it's like no i know what i want to do which is kill kill hate hate murder murder mutilate yeah so he's back on the killing spree except now every now and then either kai or val is able to take over take over the wheel and do some steering for a little bit until Varus tells him to shut up and takes over again. And this inner monologue and this inner battle is just constantly going while Varus is trying to go about and turn Runeterra into a wasteland. And that's where his story ends yeah. for right now. And the neat thing with that is the the story element or the story that we now can get from this interaction is remember. He's an empty husk, essentially, when we start this situation. But because Val and Kai are there now, they're actually forcing him to redevelop a personality. So even though it's still a hateful, uh, murder-hungry personality, he now has, like, motive, right? He now has, like, oh, well, I'm taking a side versus how they feel because we're now sharing the same body. They're forcing him to have, essentially, conversations back and forth, Right. Um, within himself, which is something he didn't do before because there was nothing happening inside. So it's yes. essentially building back up to what we'll talk about more in stories um, yes. with and, his personality. And uh, Val and Kai are able to kind of f fill the void that Varus killed himself, which is he said, because he said the keyword. Like, <laughs> Shut up! Um, but they're able—they're able to kind of like reinvigorate the the husk part of Varus because they. It is said that, you know, Val and his heart light 
Kai, which means that they're in a relationship. Yeah. So yeah, they're bringing they're love to the table. Yeah. And, you know, we have a whole series covering the Star Guardians about the power of friendship and love. Okay. <laughs> so we're not going to go into it, but that's that. This is why Varus isn't, you know, just outright winning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's go to the card now, because now we get we have Varus in the game of Runeterra and we get a really interesting and fun card here. Um and so for starters, it is a four mana, three, four. It's a champion, so he has to have quick attack. And uh, he does have uh, the auto equip, the darkened bow, and also an origin. So we, it is a room terror character. Uh, There's the origin of the arrow of retribution that allows him to play uh, cultists or darkened cards uh, from any region. And then once you have played three plus cultist spells, draw a Varus card. All right. And his level up condition is you have targeted seven plus allies. Uh, so, you know, rejoice in Pantheon. <laughs> like we, we, we get that Pantheon support, baby, or or Akshan support. Like, you know, yeah. like we Varus can squeeze into a lot of fun things, but he is always going to be the star of whatever decks he's in. And that's because of the flip side here. Um well, combination of the flip side and the darkened bow. The flip side is that he's a four-five with quick attack and overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Auto equip the darkened bow, and the darkened bow activates twice and has a max of plus ten plus zero. Now the activation we got to talk about the darkened bow as a card. Mm -hmm. It is an equipment, a two mana equipment with zero zero. When you play a spell or equip an ally, give me plus one plus zero with a max of plus five until the next time my bearer strikes. So with Varus equipped, that turns him into a 14-5 with quick attack and overwhelm if you're set up. And if you're playing a Varus deck, you're going to be set up. Yeah, and what this represents is if you've played League of Legends or if you haven't, Varus as a ADC has the ability to pull back his bow and hold a shot, and the longer you hold it, the more damage it does. So that's well translated to how they're using it in the game or in the card yeah, game. Yeah, and you know, shout out to the good old days where you could build a Muramasa and play Varus <laughs> mid and just cue an ADC an ADC like one time and they die. Yeah. <laughs> Like, shout out to the good old days, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, they, this is a wonderful translation of how Varus is played in, uh, in game, translated to the card. And it's also really cool because, like, uh, we also get, like, a kind of a different payoff compared to a, the other equipment decks because this wants to be a little more spell slingy because you can play more of that constantly targeting yourself to just build up and swing out like a Voltron style which we really had only seen in like the Pantheon deck mm -hmm. so the it, the, I loved that this card like when it got added to Runeterra it really gave like more flexibility to like a Voltron style instead yeah. of just Pantheon or bust um but, of course, you know, we can't talk about these cards unless we get with the flavor. Legally. And we legally can't do that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, and, like, God, as far as, like, the, I'm glad I brought up Moon Knight because we're going to get some Moon Knight here. Mm -hmm. um, the front side. Uh, what if, over time, 
The man that became the darkened remembered himself, prompted by the mortal voices within. What if, instead of overcoming those voices entirely, he came to believe in them? All right, and then he flips over. Varus was empowered, bolstered, reminded of who he was <laughs> and what he had yet to become. He embraced the sum of his parts instead of working against them. And when they acted, they acted as one. Uh, and if you look at like the card art combined with that quote, so the card art on the back, like I mean, this is he is he is going up against like some really like cultist like void creature things <laughs> and at this point it's like what is Varus doing like in that picture like if you kind of look around him yeah. too compared to the people that he's aiming at i'm pretty sure he's killing his own cultist followers <laughs> yeah it's like picking and choosing it's very similar if you listen to our evelyn and when we talk about darkness we're going to constantly reference evelyn but if you look at our evelyn episode we talked about the other lesser demons it's kind of like a culling of the ranks to pretty much get them in order uh, if you like Demon Slayer, you're going to have your rank one, two, three, upper levels, lower levels, all that, right? And yeah. that same thing applies to Darkens, where when they're corrupting, it doesn't mean everyone passes the test. Some people aren't going to make the cut. Right. And unfortunately for people that follow Varus, if they don't make the cut, uh, they get blasted into, <laughs> into the next <laughs> <laughs> planet. Uh, but then we even have like some flavor text on the bow that kind of gives us, you know, the other side, well, the other sides of the inside of Varus, which is the Heartlights, Kai and Valmar were not the first to bear the bow and host Varus's inhuman power, but they were the first to remind him of his lost humanity. And we do know that as far as like, to our knowledge, um, like the only wielder before this was the the queen, the warrior queen that imprisoned Varus. But the queen didn't wasn't able to combat Varus. She was able to just kind of hold on to herself to achieve her goals and then kill herself. Yeah, like ultimately kill herself to stop Varus. Uh, Kai and Valmar are like, hey, 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 remember, remember what it's like to be human? Huh? Yeah, it's a makeshift uh, conscious. Yeah. With uh, or conscience with uh, duct tape, yeah, it's, it's held together with duct tape. <laughs> it's held together with duct tape and friendship. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that kind of wraps up the story for Varus. Like now he is just this this split personality serial killer, essentially. <laughs> and and uh, I think that sums it up perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll wrap it up there for this episode because with uh, Varus, we are going to obviously have a story episode, which is a fairly quick one, but Varus has a comic um, which expands on all of this, and we haven't done a comic in a while since I think like Nami, so we want to do one, and we're going to bring you that as well. Um, as far as the release spoil, schedule, we'll figure that out. You spoil our listeners so much. Yeah. Like, you're, not gonna, you're not just going to leave them hanging like, oh, when's the last time we did a comic? <laughs> No, no, you're just going to tell them right away. If it hasn't been clear yet, we're super excited. We're super yeah. excited. I'm just trying to hold, like a Darkin would hold those episodes hostage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you don't know this, but my mouse is actually a Darkin. I touch, oh I touch the living weapon. <laughs> and with that, as always, thanks for listening. We'll be back with the next episode. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs> yeah.